Trady Nut, episode thirty-five. I might, I might be sounding a little overconfident, but I think I'm, I think I'm good now. Like I think I'm, I'm think I'm going to start actually growing my account. And I think the market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading up podcast now today i've got uh, a past guest on the show again now this guy is our forex trader who we've been tracking across the course of this year now his name's eli camacho and uh the last episode we did with him he was trading ten dollar accounts so we're actually and he was blowing a lot of those so we're actually going to catch up with him in this episode and find out how he's been getting on with his trading mentor andre stewart and uh, and see how, how how things have progressed so there's a great interview coming up with eli it's actually really value packed so we did a video as well at the end of it so you can jump onto the youtube channel and check out the video as well where you can sort of see how eli um, does some of his chart analysis so guys really fun-filled stuff coming up in today's episode now what else is going on so if you are uh, looking or if you're a past member of the robot traders club or a gold member then you're going to want to check it out again so i've made some significant changes to it significant changes so I'll tell you all about it in a future episode, but look, there are a lot of changes. It's taken me a while to iron out the bugs, but the bugs have been ironed out. And uh, at the moment, we're in the middle of building a weekend gap trading EA. So if you haven't got an automated strategy that trades the weekend gaps, then this could be for you. So if you jump on board now, it's only $7 to get in the door and give it a try. So over there at tradingnut.com, you'll find out more information about all the changes that have gone on here at the Robot Traders Club. And also, I'm so close once again, I'm still not quite there, but so close to to relaunching the new version of uh, what I called Automate My Trading back in the day. It's a, it's a way to build your own trading robot. So that course is about to be relaunched on Trading Nut under the Trading Up brand, and it's called the Robot Builders Club. Okay, guys, so a couple of things you might want to check out. Some fantastic episodes coming up in the near future. Uh, we've got one for futures traders. We've got one for Forex traders. And I've got one for options traders as well, all coming up in the future episodes of the show. And uh, look, I got a lot of good feedback about the uh, session I did last week with Richard Friesen, um, where he diagnosed my trading issues. And we basically went through a full session. So if you haven't checked that out, I keep getting comments through from uh, listeners of the show. So the best one is uh, from probably from Timothy Moore, who sent me an email. So Timothy, thank you very much for the email you sent me. Uh, here's what he said. Cam, I listened to your last podcast with Richard Friesen. I'm absolutely, am- oh, sorry, it was absolutely amazing. Loved it. Just want to say thanks for all the work you do with your podcast. I've gained some really good insight through all these different traders. So, guys, um, thank you very much, Timothy, for flicking that through. Really appreciate the, the, the feedback. Guys, if you have got other feedback like that, then please head over to your podcast listening app and leave a review there. It really does uh, help get other traders on the show so that you guys can 
find out a lot about what they do. And uh, and yeah, head over to the YouTube channel if you want to find out more um, or want to get a visual view of what these audio interviews are all about. All right, folks. Uh, right, let's get on with the show with uh, Eli and see how he has got on over the past you know, three or four months. All right, let's do it. All right, folks, we've got Eli Camacho back on the show here. <sighs> how long has it been, Eli? Can you remember the um, the date that we it's, spoke last? It's been a few months. I don't know the date exactly, but yeah, it's been a few months. <laughs> no, I'm just having a look here. So we, we put that show live on the 24th of January, so I suspect we probably okay. had a chat... Before that, maybe, uh, I'm saying it was probably a week or two before that. So we're now um, recording this on the 6th of May, the same year. So we're now okay. sort of really sort of almost five months on from there, which is yeah. a good, it's a good little, uh, it's a good little sort of time to, to dive in. It's not quite six months uh, to get a snapshot of where you're at now. So the guys right, right. that haven't heard the show before, uh, you want to head back to episode 19 of the Trading Up podcast and you're going to hear Eli's backstory, uh, how he got into trading the forex markets, and what he was doing. And I mean, we're probably touched on it a little bit here, but maybe not in so much detail. But I mean, for the guys that aren't going to are going to be too lazy to go back and, and check, do you want to quickly go through and give a rundown of what you were doing back in January of this year? Yeah. Um... Like, like trading wise, like what yeah, I, trade, what trading wise, and, and even even personally, and then and then we'll fast forward five months. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, uh, back then, I was um, I was just working a regular nine to five job, cleaning windows, and uh, my my brother actually told me about um, trading because someone else introduced it to him, one of his friends. So I, I got into it, um, started doing it with a, with another company, and then um, I kind of left them, started doing my own thing. Uh, I basically found information on YouTube. That's how I was. That's how I was basically teaching myself how to how to trade. And I was trading ten dollar ten dollar accounts because, frankly, I didn't have much money to trade with in the first place. Um, but I wanted I wanted to get my feet in there and see see how this works. So I was, I was trading ten uh, dollar accounts, and then um, I was doing I was doing okay in the beginning, and then you know af- after a while, I just start just losing losing account after account after account endlessly <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't really figure out why um so i just kept i i kept at it though like i'm the type of person where even if i'm losing the account i'll just keep i'll just keep pushing until i get it eventually um and was that when we I, was that when we first met you were losing account after account or i, I can't remember fully yeah i was well, well when i first when i spoke to you at that like at, at that point i was like i think it was like six or seven months in um and then that's when I was starting. That's when I was like initially starting to kind of break even, right? Like I was, I wasn't losing so much at that point. Um, but like, yeah, before that though, I was, I was just losing account after account. And then, yeah, and then I messaged you about the whole my whole situation, and um, like I think it was like asking for tips or something like that, like what, like what, um, certain help, or whatever. And then I was, asked, I was, I asked about Andre as well, um, your mentor, and. Yeah, you then you invited me to your show. <laughs> yeah, cool. And that's where we that's where we left off. And so from there, I mean, I'm looking through your notes. You, you'd you'd had some. Uh, you'd either you'd be stumbled across uh, Navin uh, Prithiani's stuff on YouTube, and you'd learned a bit from uh-huh. that. And then you were diving into Andre at the pretty much at the end of the the last time we spoke, which was at the show. Uh, I I've sort of seen 
you know, I'd seen a couple of your posts in his forums and his chat rooms and stuff, and uh, I haven't really been following along too detailed to find out what what exactly has been going on. So I'm eager, uh, as, pro- as probably most of you guys out there listening, uh, to find out uh, what... <laughs> I suppose what, yeah, maybe step us through the last five months of, of what you've been doing and, and how things have progressed. Mm. Uh, well, the last, basically, Andre's been with me into shape. <laughs> he's, been, he's been teaching me his, like, the way he trades and everything. And my, I've started to, I was still, I was still losing, right? Like, I was, at a certain point, I was, even though he was teaching me certain things, I was seeing what he was telling me. Um, but I was still losing and I couldn't figure out why. And even when he would explain to me, like, I would sort of get what he was saying, but like, there was, there was something like, like I couldn't, like, I, I didn't, I didn't know I was missing until, until probably like this month. Like I started, like it started clicking a little more. Um, yeah. And I, I blew, I, I was blowing accounts still, but I was, I was blowing a lot less accounts than before I, before the, uh, my last meeting with you and, and meeting Andre. Um, yeah, I'm like now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a little bit better now. So, um, so when you say blowing accounts, I mean, what is it? Was it still the $10 accounts that you were trading and, and were you blowing those? And how far were you making them? I suppose, how far were you taking them before the account blew? Well, I would, it was, it was still $10 accounts. Sometimes I would, I would uh, put like $20 accounts. Um, and sometimes I would, I would trip. I would double them sometimes, like a week in a week, and triple them and, and quadruple them sometimes. Um, and then, and then I would do. I guess I would. I would get the direction wrong, and then I would hold the trade though, right? And I would hold the trade, and then I would put another. And after that, that trade was stopped out. I would put another trade because I thought I had the direction right, right? And so I keep doing the same like endless mistake, and then that's how I was basically blowing accounts. Uh, and you you, you yeah. still had a tight stop, right? So if you, I mean, from what yeah. I can see on the uh, on the first interview, you got a couple of trades, uh, trade examples up there. Or actually, in actual fact, there was one trade example where we can see your actual you know entry and take profit. And I mean, the risk to reward's phenomenal, especially on a ten dollar account. I mean, only trading point zero one lots, but uh, yeah. you know, the risk to reward was. Like just from my eyesight, I'm you know one to twenty or something, or, or one to fifteen or something, somewhere around there, very yeah. high. So when you were adding these additional positions, were you literally just sort of eating away at the profit by having these tight stops, and they just kept getting hit, getting hit, getting hit? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's like I would I would add another position, but I would I wouldn't see that it was um, like it was in the wrong direction or it was a big pullback. And so I would I would keep adding them in, and they would just keep stopping me out. And by the time I'm done, my main trade it would like go. Let's say my my trade would go. My main trade would go like let's say eighty pips up, right? And then by the time I'm done, it's already come back so far into my first my main trade where it's like I'm barely making anything, or I or I actually lost the main trade. <laughs> so right. yeah, um... and, and imagine that like sitting there for like eight hours just watching that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, were you were you at the end of say the trading week, going back and going through your trades for the week and just having a look and seeing what the themes that were coming out? Yeah, I was. Um, I was getting like frequently. I was getting with Andre. Like, I don't know what what I'm doing wrong. Can we go through this again? Um, and even like, but like me, even me, just by myself, I would like look at my trades like, and I'll try to reanalyze and try to reanalyze and see what exactly I did wrong. Um, and it's mainly just 
the direction, right? I thought I had direction right for so long until like just recently where I'm like, oh, I was getting direction wrong the whole time. <laughs> so in direction yeah. and direct and do you want to talk explain sort of direction to, to the audience? I mean, what does that what does that entail for you? Well, so direction is like so for so for example, when you're doing your your uh your pre analysis um for like the week, like so let's say today, Sunday I'm doing my my analysis for um for the rest of the week, right? Yeah. And I'm seeing okay, where where's the direction going? Where's the where's the general monthly direction, right? And then where's the where's the weekly direction? And then according to what the weekly direction is telling me, then I'll start looking down into the uh into the dailies and and the hourlies for my entries, right? And so before I thought like I, I would I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do the whole top down analysis thing. I like I didn't it never like clicked on me. Like it never clicked to me to actually like okay go all the way out as far as possible to the monthly and then come down like to the hourly. And so I was taking trades that were short term trades and I was treating them as long term trades, right? Because the direction was actually going the opposite direction. And and that's that was my confusion. I was taking long term trades as short term trades and short term trades as long term trades. And what do you think that was that you you couldn't go out to the higher time frames or you weren't going out to the higher time frames? Was it was it purely that you didn't know to do that? Because I mean the the multi time frame analysis stuff is being banded around I don't know how many times I've heard it in the <laughs> in my trading career. Uh but yeah. it's it's been banded around heaps. I mean or, or was it something more psychological and i asked that question because i'm definitely i was definitely on the psychological front where it was just one of those things where it's like it was almost laziness to to a to a certain degree um you know or just you're not not prioritizing it thinking that i I, look it doesn't really matter i mean what what was your view on why why it took you so long to to get there um i think reflecting on it now is uh like I've I've always heard of it. Like you, you hear the term all the time, top down analysis, right? Um, and it's thrown around everywhere in, in the trading community. But I didn't exactly know like how to do it. I would see people do it, but it like it didn't make sense to me. And and I always thought like I guess it was psychological, like you said. Like I always thought that if I'm trading the the the, the one hour and and the, the fifteen minute or thirty minute or whatever, right? If I'm trading the lower time frames, why would I need to go to the monthly? It doesn't make sense. So and I and I thought I was able to take I was able to to, to determine direction, even at the and the hourly, not understanding that the dailies really would what determines the hourly and the weeklies what determines the daily direction, right? And so it, it was it was yeah it was mostly psychological. I, I didn't understand that, and when I did like start to understand it, um, I still cut like I still didn't really, really get it until like a week ago or like two weeks ago or something like that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know I know that I know the feeling and I know the pain and I and I know it because I've been there for years and years and years, <laughs> and not wanting to even you know or maybe just dipping your toe in the water and doing oh, I'll do one time frame above and and mm-hmm. you know say tick the box oh, I've done the multi time frame analysis now I can go and place my trade where right. yeah it's it's so much more than that and I think yeah trying to really having a good idea as to what you need to be doing. When you're doing that multi time frame analysis, is gonna is probably that's probably the first thing to work out. Then it's gonna be easier to actually do it and think, okay, well, I, you know, what I'm doing is actually going to work um, right. more often than not. So, um, okay, so so that was a that was a big thing, big big sort of stepping stone for you. And, and what's happened happened since you've been doing that? 
um, since I've started to do that, like the, the direction right, um, it's been good, man. <laughs> like I've, I've this past the last week, the last two weeks, um, well, let's say the last two days from last week, um, I actually got some trades where I actually made back my losses for the rest of the, for the uh, previous week, and then I made back uh, like half my losses for for. Yeah, I'm I'm almost done with my losses for the month. Basically, I'm almost caught up because of getting the direction right. Basically, right, and so um, yeah, that and then to, and then to like I'm starting to see since I'm starting to see more clearly, I'm starting to able like to to, to predict. Okay, this is where it's bouncing from. Let's let's uh, let's just watch that level and then keep going from there. Like previously, I could I wasn't able to do that. Yeah, and I'm I'm just jumped into the uh, Discord chat to have a look at some of your trades and. And I can see you. You know you've you've got a you've got a good grasp of the analysis in terms of what you're doing as well, which is fantastic. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk us through in terms of what's what else has changed from the original approach that you took? So it was very much like a tight as stop loss and a uh, you know quite a, quite a large profit target. Has anything changed from there, or are you still pretty much doing the same thing? But you just added in this multi-time frame analysis and um and you're not sort of jumping in trades that are going against the wrong direction right yeah no it's it's pretty much the same i still keep you know 12 pip stop um and i still keep my target wherever my analysis is telling me the target is right um yeah that that's basically i I won't change that because i've noticed like if, if i if i stretch out my if i stretch out my style of laws um, it's probably because I answered wrong in the first place, right? Or I answered early, or I answered too late, or whatever. And so, like, I'm, I, it, me, like, putting my stop loss, making my stop loss larger, it basically like, it's like a fear thing. Like, okay, I'm, I'm scared of this trade not working, so I'm like, let me just leave it alone. If it doesn't work, I know I'm, I'm wrong. So I'll just enter somewhere else after I do analysis, when I'm stopped out, right? Yeah. And look, I mean, I'm just looking at what this GJ trade you did the other day. It was fantastic. Uh, what, yeah. what day was that? Oh, that was, so that was like, was that non-farm payroll at the start of the yeah, month? Yeah, that was th- Thursday and Friday. I caught like 80% of NFP. Yeah, and with a stop loss, which looked... Of 12 pips. Of 12, 12 pips stop loss. That <laughs> yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And you literally <laughs> took it to, to your profit target in, what's this, hourly, three, four hours. Four hours it was yeah. hit your profit target of... If that's twelve pips, your profit target must be one hundred and twenty or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think that day because uh, I had, but the pre on Thursday I had two two uh, short trades on that, um, which that equaled to something like like ninety pips or something like that. And then um, I th- actually I think it was like a hundred something pips. And then the next day was Friday that that equaled to like whatever like one hundred and twenty whatever it was. Wow. So, so looking at this, I mean, because I can see your lot sizes here as well. Uh, so you've said you've said that this has made back your losses in terms of, uh-huh. yeah. So let me let me get this straight so for the audience as well. So was that that obviously wasn't on a ten dollar account at that point, or you're talking about all the ten dollars added together? You've now made all that back. What are you What are you talking about here? Oh no, this no this this one. Like I actually um this time I upped it a little bit. I threw in two hundred dollars into that account, so I'm working with that now. But I actually grew, like I, I grew, and on with those three trades, I, it was a I think it was a couple more, like one or two more small ones. Um, I actually made uh, like thirty three percent increase on that on that account. So I'm like at like three hundred something like that. 
Nice, nice, nice. So, okay, right, I'm with you. Okay, because I was, I was sort of we're trying to work it out in my head. Uh, now, I did, I did, I do remember. Um, I had a, had a guy on called VP on the show, and he was. I don't know if he said it on the show or he said it after the show, but I think it was before the show. We had a chat, and he's like, he because he was on after you, and he's like, oh man, if I if I could have a word with the guy uh, doing the ten dollar accounts. Um, uh-huh. you know, I'd, I'd tell him not to do $10 accounts just, or, or yes, he didn't say what he, he didn't say uh-huh. what, um, what he was going to do, but I think he had a show about it. I think he actually uh-huh. did a show on his podcast about, uh, trading with really, really small accounts. And, right. um, so I think yeah, the recommendation is probably, I mean, maybe $10 is great for practicing, but mm-hmm. would, I mean, if you had to go back there, what would you what would you would you do anything differently? Do you think it's do you think it's a viable solution? No, I, I think it's I think it's fine if you know what you're doing, right? Like like um so for example for example, the before I threw in this two hundred dollar account, like just so I can clear it up, uh the week before that, right? I think it was like the week before or last week, I was actually trading a ten dollar account. And it was um it was yeah, it was ten dollar account and I, I had uh I had a direction right for the for the whole week, and that was when I first started. Like I first got direction, I understood it, and so I took that ten dollar account, and I actually, I grew. I had like nine trades running on a ten dollar account, all at a point oh one, um, and you know that's according to standard like uh, teaching, that's like over leverage or whatever. Yeah. But it was be- it was because I was so. For example, I'll add one trade right. My trade will go in my direction, and at that point, I had equity. So, right. So I would use that equity and add another position once it reaches another level and I'll short it again. Right. And so I, I got to a point where I was and I was also trading, I think it was uh, three pairs. And so I just kept stacking positions and stacking positions. And I actually got that $10 account to something like $60 that, that one week. So that's like, what is that? That's like 600%. Yeah. And and the only reason the only reason I blew that account was because. I did like it was my mis- it was completely my mistake. I, I didn't understand. I was still learning direction fully, right? And I and I missed one part where um even though the monthly direction was was up, I think it was or down um or the week the weekly direction was down, but the monthly direction was up, right? And so I figured in in my mistake, I thought I kept I held those trades into the new week. And I didn't understand that the new week is basically just going to go the opposite direction because now the market is looking for a better price to go up. So what happened was after that $10 account was at $60, basically the whole week it went against all my trades and I lost all my, I blew my account because I didn't close it. Oh, because right. I was still running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so right. what, your stops were just sort of, I suppose you it had to get a hit. Yeah. It's a, Left and right. <laughs> did, did, um, so the trades you were adding, you were scaling in, did you put, where'd you put the stops for those or did you not have stops for them? Um, there were, I was like the same 12, like the main trades were like 12 pair stops. Um, some of the, some of the other ones, uh, I actually, like I took the stop out, um, because I saw it like retracing and it was like retracing a little too much. And I noticed that my trades were, um, my trades were actually early, a little bit early, some of them. So I took the stops out, but then when, as soon as the price went back in my direction, I'll put the stops back in and I just left it alone for the rest of the week. And then they went, they kept, kept going, but it was that, it was that transition from when I left the morning and weekend the new week where it just like it messed me all up <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's uh i've got to say like one of the most annoying things i've found is getting getting a sort of you know getting a significant amount of profit in your account mm-hmm. 
but albeit floating there, not your profits. It's just it's it's just where the market is at, and right. you know you stop if you, even if you move a stop into profit, and it coming back to then take your stop out, even though mm. that's part of your system. It's still annoying. It is still really right. annoying because right. you're like, what if I? That's just that psychological thing, isn't it? It's like, what if I'd stopped it there and got out? Well, how could I stop it? How could I get out? Well, in actual fact, that's a different system if you're going to stop mm-hmm. it like that. So, um, ah, right. yeah, okay. So, I mean, I'm just scrolling yeah. up and looking through through your trades here, and mm. you've got some phenomenal entries, like unbelievable sniper entries uh, going on. And it's not just on, I mean, what pairs are you trading? Because it's not just one pair, it's, it's a number of different pairs. I mean, have you got a list that you go through? Um, it's just, sometimes it's random, but like my main pairs I trade, my main pair, like my top, like number one is GJ, um, GPJPY. Uh, I trade uh, Euro USD sometimes. Um, I think the other one is New Zealand JPY. And uh, what's the other one? Let me scroll through here. Yeah, and the other one is the USDJPY. I'll trade that once in a while. Yeah, but it, like it, it varies. Like it varies. Like if I if I'm going through and I see something, I'll just throw it in. But uh, for the most part, it's just GJ for the most part. And and so okay, right. So you uh, let, let's sort of break down your process because I think that's quite important. Is establishing some sort of habit or ritual that you will you know, stick to so that this doesn't become just gambling, basically. Uh, I mean, have you got a... I'll talk, talk the guys through what you're doing in terms of your setup, time of day, uh, how that applies to your, your lifestyle and what you're doing with your life, uh, that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's simple, to be honest. Like, I just... I get on. I do my, my quick analysis on a direction. And what, what time of day would you get on, though? Or what, what time uh, of week? Any time. Anytime. Anytime, any any day. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to the sessions. I don't pay attention to like time of day because I, here, here's the reason why, right? Because I've noticed just like from just looking at the charts like so long, for so long, um, I've noticed where sometimes like let's say for example like we we're told to trade let's say uh like Euro USD right you're you're said to trade that during London session in New York right because it's a it's a USD pair whatever yeah. and a Euro pair yeah right so. But I've noticed that sometimes if the price is actually close to where they want to deal, like the market movers want to deal, they'll actually tr- it'll actually trigger the move even before London session, right? And sometimes it'll trigger the move like a couple hours after London session. So it's, it really doesn't depend on what the session is. Like to, to my understanding, like just from watching it, I think it's just like the, all they care about is, okay, where it where's the best price? Can we get the pre- best price? And once we get the best price, let's keep moving the price, right? They don't really care about the sessions. The only thing that I understand that I see uh, where the sessions work is that the sessions the sessions are just basically the times of day where the mar- the market is moving the most, right? But it's not really where the entries start. It's just where the market moves the most. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, look, and I've noticed that as well. I mean, in terms of the JPY pairs, which you seem to be trading a lot of. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, you can easily, well, obviously the Japanese are, are, are awake at a different time of day anyway. So right. you're going to get right. movements either in Europe or, or in uh, uh, in Asia or right. and I suppose the same goes with, um, actually, you even do get some decent movement across the uh, AUD JPY pair in the European yeah. and, and London sessions. So, 
I mean, it doesn't really, and they're so liquid, it, it doesn't really matter to a certain degree. Uh, exactly. That's why I like GJ so much, because GJ moves all the time. Like, I, I rarely ever see GJ going through a consolidation, right? It's always moving. No matter what time of day, no matter what session, it's pretty much always moving. And what about correlation? I mean, do you look across the pairs and go, well, if I'm going to be trading uh, GBP and Euro JPY, are you going to be mm-hmm. wanting to take those in the same direction or, or you just completely ignore it? Uh, how do you, um, how do you so look at that? I, I, for the most part, I don't like, I don't pay attention to correlation. I, but like, I, I notice it, like it happens. Um, but well, actually, no, I do, I do pay attention to correlation sometimes because I, I do notice that the pairs move, some of the pairs move in the same direction, especially like the, the JPY pairs. Um, and then sometimes, like when I do, when I do really use the, the correlation, is when, like, say for example, I'm taking a GJ trade, and usually GJ is moving the same direction as, uh, I think, is a Euro JPY or Euro USD, and so sometimes I'll do my analysis, and for some reason, I guess I miss something in my analysis, and I'll see that I'm looking for a short. Let's say I'm looking for a short on Euro USD, but I'm looking for what I have a, a long trade going on GJ, right? And I'm and like in my head I'm like wait that doesn't make sense they usually move the same direction so I'll actually look up the correlation like at that point and see if they're actually correlating for at, at the moment and then I'll actually do my analysis again before I put another entry in because I'm like wait that's that's kind of iffy you know what I mean and but I, but for the most part I get most of my most of my direction just from like the analysis like I can tell they're moving the same direction just from the analysis and what are you using to look up the correlation uh, I just I uh, think I'll use uh, I just Google uh, uh, currency correlation. I think there's like one uh, from Oanda where it's like a currency heat map. Okay. Where it's correlating. Okay, cool. And yeah. just stepping back into, because we've got, sort of got sidetracked there a little bit, back into mm-hmm. your daily trading routine. So A, mm-hmm. any time of day. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm trying to, what what, is your, what do you do? Are you still doing the, the window washing or... Doing no, I'm right right now. I'm actually unemployed. I'm just I'm I'm more like full time, just like studying this stuff and like <laughs> trying to get it working. Right. So, yeah. And have you got a have you got like a window of uh, opportunity in terms of, uh, I mean, when the money's going to run out, or are you you all sorted there? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> you don't have like, to I'm, answer I'm, that. It's a bit personal, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I like right now. I, I'm like I'm feeling better because I understand. I, I'm starting to under, really understand direction now, which is like was the key I think when I when I started like because the trades I'm taking now, accord like compared to the trades that take, we're taking back then, like back then I think the dangerous part was like for example I'll take a trade and it'll go a hundred and something pips right, and I think I'm in the right direction, but then I find out it's actually just a pullback for the opposite direction right, and then seeing having like it's a psychological thing with seeing those seeing those trades work for you. You think you got it good, right? You think you got the trade right, but you actually got it wrong, and so you keep taking trades and keep messing up, and you just, you're just wondering what is going wrong. But like finally now seeing direction, you now I now understand exactly why those trades went wrong because I was just confusing direction completely. Mm, yeah. So now I'm like a little more secure in in the trades. Okay, and look, I mean, I suppose if you if you're growing your two hundred dollar account by thirty three percent, that's a it's a bit of extra income in the in the pocket. That said, you're not probably taking that out of the account just yet. I mean, yeah, have you I'm leaving it there. <laughs> have you got have you got a? 
I'm going to ask this question before we go back to the, your routine, which we'll get to. Uh, so yeah, have you got a specific goal in mind for, in terms of like a... I mean, one of the things I had was like a, a withdrawal goal. So get to this level and withdraw X number of dollars. Uh, uh-huh. Have you got anything like that in mind or... Uh, um, you know, I have, haven't really thought of... I haven't really thought of how much I want to like if when I want to take out. I know my target like for like for me to withdraw like my first target one I want to be on it to be like maybe maybe six thousand ten thousand then I'll withdraw something. But I I really want to just keep it in there for the most part because I'm 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 fine like I'm not like desperate for money or whatever right now. But yeah. Okay. Cool. And okay, back to that routine. So so you're picking a time of day. You're uh, you've obviously got you know ample time at the moment to 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 jump into the market so walk us through what what happens from there um yeah so i just i just analyze i uh, analyze it um and then like i basically i'm just i'm just waiting for the most part i'm sitting on my hands watching the trade move um and then as soon as and actually what i do is i put sell limits right like i don't i i usually take a lot of market orders um sometimes i'll take market orders like after i have my main trades in um, because I, like I'm when I'm watching pullbacks and stuff, I'll put a market order in, or I put a like most for the most part though it's, it's like limit orders, because I notice like when I want to put when I want to put a, a market order in, usually I'll get it in a couple pips late or a couple pips early, and it's because like I'm I'm sitting there trying to grab the entry before it moves, mm. um, because like the, the 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 entries I'm getting, like what's happening is it's. Um, like like price will, will move towards it, and sometimes price would actually just like do a quick spike, hit the hit the point, and then just move the other way. And then by then I'm like, oh, I missed the entry, and I'm gonna have to come in a pullback, right? And I don't I don't really want to miss the entries, so I'll just put like limit orders. Um, and then yeah, and then I'm I'm just basically just watching watching my trades at that point. It's not really it's like real simple. And uh, and so how long have you had to wait for one particular trade? Like what's the longest you've had to wait? Uh like t- like two days, right? Like like the the the, the GJ trades we talked about earlier. Those the the uh, first two entries, those didn't finish on those didn't uh finish until I, I entered on Thursday like during the I think it was like during morning hours or or uh, yeah during the morning hours, and they they didn't actually hit my profit target until uh I think it was like maybe like seven o'clock in the morning Friday or something like that. And then that was when NFP was starting to move. And then then after it hit my target, I actually had a sell limit order right below my target because I, w- I was anticipating it for the move back up. And I was hoping NFP was going to do the work. And that's, ex- that's exactly what it did. So the NFP was quick, but the, the two previous trades took me like, like a day and a half almost waiting. Well, wow. uh, and yeah. so that's literally sitting there watching the market going, you know, mm-hmm. Here we here we go. Um, look, this is a this is fantastic stuff. Look, I think, I mean, out of anyone that I've interviewed, this is probably the the quickest I've seen anyone advance uh, <laughs> to a point where they've been able to. I mean, I and I sort of knew it. I sort of uh-huh. knew it from seeing what you were doing initially, where you had such a low drawdown, and even though it was only ten dollar accounts, the fact that you're able to like double, triple the ten dollar account. Uh, if I, I do remember you mentioning one getting to sixty bucks, uh, and, and then you know wiping it, but you're still getting to sixty bucks, which is right. which is pretty impressive from from a ten dollar account, and you know it is way over leveraged. But um, 
but it is doable yeah. and it and it does show that you've got promise there and looking at some of these trades here that you've posted in literally what's this the last thursday uh yeah from there on in uh last friday there's a there's a number of different trades and you're taking both buys and sells on both on gj in particular uh, was it in mm-hmm. you new zealand us dollar um buy limits sell limits going on there so you're looking at stuff from the both levels so you've really you really got a good grasp of what's going on yeah. which is I'm, fantastic i'm taking trades both directions <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah. you're right so so it's look that's that's fantastic now what what's the uh what are the oh, actually so last question before we get into the the what's up what's going on in the future um right. what about like from a psychological point of view i mean what do you think? Has, have there been any sort of momentous aha moments for you? Yeah, it was just like like I said, like last uh, last week when I when I uh, I was on a Zoom call with Andre and he was explaining to me direction, um, and I, like I understood it. I'm like, wait, okay, that's it. Like the, the, I can see, okay, the price went spiked up some kind of high, right? And it dropped back down for the month. And so if it's dropped, if it touched the high, right, the monthly high or whatever, and it's coming back down, it's probably looking for some kind of like low, low price point so they can buy back up, right? Because sell, sell high, buy low, right? Yeah. And so when I, when I understood it, I'm like, okay, that's, that's it, right? If the monthly is going down, the weekly is doing something else, but you just have to go from, from high to low, top down analysis. And like once I grasped that, it was like, okay. Now, now the the moves are making more sense to me, right? And what about the? Uh, well, I mean, what about from a? So, from a psychological point of view, I mean, that, what uh, what I've noticed is that you don't, you're not sort of jumping between strategies and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing the revenge trading. You you're able to sit there, you're patient. So you've got a lot of these traits all locked away. I mean, was there any last one thing that, from a psychological point of view? or trading psychology point of view that you felt you had to overcome or was it literally just getting this understanding of around the the how the multi multi time frame analysis worked well yeah it was the 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 direction but it was yeah like you said it was also like one of the things i had to get over was i i think i was going through a bit of information overload because like i was jumping like i was jumping between strategies i like i had this I had, I was told, I was given the strategy, right? Andrew was teaching me, obviously, but I was also like jumping in between other things and putting my own input in certain things and not letting it, like, it, the thing is simple, right? Let let this strategy work as a strategy is going to work. Don't just keep adding and overcomplicating. And that was, that was one of my issues. Like I was, I was overcomplicating or like, for example, I would miss a trade and then instead of just waiting, right? Cause I usually take my, my entries now on my, on the hourly, Instead of just waiting, sometimes like I would find myself uh, trying to dig deeper into lower time frames. Like I would jump down to the fifteen minute, to five minutes to find some kind of justification for me to jump in, and I would screw it up, right? Because I'm not waiting. I'm I'm sitting there trying to f- do something else that the strategy that's not even in, in the strategy. And yeah, that was that was screwing me up. So I had to, I had to get over that. Like just stop. Like I had to stop overcomplicating it. Stop adding other things. Just work with the simple strategy and just leave it alone. Yeah, that's and that's one of the big things that I've had to uh, realize myself as well. And I, and in actual fact, I and I don't know when this, when will this go out. It might go out after the week that the uh, the next episode that I'm talking about is going to go out, which is where I actually sat down with a with a trading 
psychology guru who sort of basically sort of does uh i suppose nlp techniques on you to to help you mm. overcome things and and one of the things it, i suppose it wasn't necessarily related but that was one of my issues was knowing that look if i just execute the damn strategy it's gonna mm. it's gonna play out but right. there was issues with why couldn't i execute it <laughs> what was wrong with me why couldn't i do it <laughs> and we sort of got yeah. to the bottom of that and and worked through some things so yeah i think it sounds like you're you look you're on your road so what are you what are your plans for how do you see the next few months panning out and i think we'll get you back here in maybe 5 months time again um i can i can like well i might i might be sounding a little overconfident but i think i'm i think i'm good now like i think i'm i'm think i'm going to start actually growing my account and i think i think within a month right with it by the end of the month i'm probably going to make back all my losses since i started trading because I didn't, I didn't lose much since I was trading because, because I was trading the ten dollar accounts and because I was trading the smallest lot size possible from my from the start, mm-hmm. right? I was maintaining that, and so that actually helped me to keep my losses like small. So at this point, I'm probably going to make back all my losses from like from the last seven months I've been trading, and then be done with it. Like I'm, I'm in profit at that point. At by the end, probably by the end of the month or June, I would say I'm doing good. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think here. I'm thinking that I want to take some. I want to take some pressure off you, mm. and because I know that this show, like being on the show, sort of like it, it's not normal. It, it's and it's and it's sort of. I suppose I don't want you to feel pressure that you you know of the show. I mean, what would what would be what? Because what I'm thinking. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and I'll tell you, and I'll let you decide. I'm thinking that. We say this is the last show that we get you on, and so from here on in, you're free. You, you're not coming back on the tra- uh, Trading Up podcast. Um, okay. It's up. To, it's fully up to you if you want to come back or not. You can never come back. And if I ask you, you've got all rights to say no. You're not coming back, and that can be because you made it, because you're struggling. It can be either or. I just want to give you that um, freedom so that you know that this. And all accounts is it, um, mm-hmm. unless for whatever reason you go, yep, Cam, I'm, I want to come back on. So I'm going to leave it to you to make that decision. So there's no no pressure of being on the show. It's up to you. You're now free man. How does that sound? Right. That sounds good. I mean, I, I'd say, I'd say like once I like if when, like when I actually make it, like, cause like right now I'm, I'm just starting to make it. Um, but like when I when I finally do, I got I'm I'm fine to come back on. Like to just you know, let people know I actually did make it. I'm not just like saying I'm about to make it. You know what I mean? Because some people like, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there still have their doubts and they're like, oh yeah, you have a guy who made it. He was, he was been struggling here and there, but you know, you never actually gave the conclusion if he made it or not. He said he would, he would make it, but he never, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'd be fine clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just know that when I spoke to, uh, who do I speak to? Uh, I think it was some guys on, my the very first time I did this back in Fifty Two Traders, I think there was mm-hmm. when I spoke to some guys, it, there was a bit of pressure around mm-hmm. like feeling that they're coming back on the show, they've got to show improvement, blah blah, all this sort of stuff, and that doesn't give us a natural experience. So this is why I wanted to open right. it up and say, look, mate, if you want to, it's up to you whether or not you want to come back on. 
I'll be asking you either way, um, but it's up to you yeah. if, if if you think that's good. Because some people thrive on it and some people don't, and I don't know if, if you yeah. do or not. So it's up to you no, as to I, work, I mean, whether with, or not you want to With or without the show, I, I have fresh from my back anyways because I, I still need to make this work right. I'm an employer at the moment. So it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter either way. I'm still I still have pressure from my back, but I'm 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 fine. I can deal with it. So yeah, it's whatever. Cool. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, thanks very much for coming back on here, Eli. It's been a, a pleasure hearing your story and five months on, and I'm so glad to, to hear that things have worked out and, uh, and you've, you know, you're making, you're making profit, which is, which is amazing. So um, any last words that you want to say before we, we wrap up here? Um, not really. Just, I mean, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for inviting me on in the show. Um, I appreciate it and appreciate all the support because I've, I've also had people like uh, reach out to me because of the show and, you know, and just like kind of like ask for help or like they find me like encouraging that I was actually doing this and that you actually put me in the show. So thank you for that. And I appreciate all the support from everyone. Cool. Brilliant. Well, look, um, have a great rest of the day over there and uh, we'll chat to you again, hopefully, fingers crossed, in a few months time, but no pressure. Definitely. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, guys, so we've got uh, Andre Stewart on here. So Eli's mentor now, I, I've added this to the to the show. I didn't I hadn't planned to, but I've decided to, uh, we've had the opportunity to get Andre on in front of the mic and uh, and find out <coughs> what his view is on, on how Eli's progressing. So you would have heard Eli's interview by now. So you can hear that he's doing pretty well. And that I'm actually recording this uh, literally the day, this, uh, the day before this goes live. So... He's been probably two or three weeks since I recorded the uh, the interview with Eli. So, Andre, welcome back on the show. And um, uh, well, firstly, how how are things with you? The same old Cam, burning the midnight oil. Very close to you know my goals. Very very close. So, puts uh, on the gas. Cool, nice, nice. Well, look, um, today's all about Eli, and we want to we want to hear. Um, well, we've heard heard his story. We, I want to hear your side of the story in terms of what you you've seen, um, and from Eli, uh, per, you know, from on a personal level, and I suppose from a trading perspective, and, and how he's progressing, and, and how he has progressed, because we we've heard that in the show. So Eli, <laughs> Eli is unique to me, and it's it's one of those things to where he frustrated the living crap out of me because he wasn't taking my advice. But then when he when he took my advice, right, that's when uh, he took off his progression. For me, I think his progression was more or less growing as a trader. Right. Um, Not not in terms of trading psychology, but growing as a trader and maturing as a trader, because immediately after my first session with Eli, he was at a point to where I was at right before I hit my corner and I, and I haven't, you know, I haven't heard his interview. Right. And I knew all he needed to do was determine a direction. That's all he needed. That's all he needed. Um, and then once we could determine direction, we pick our specific areas where we want to get in the market, right? No generic support and resistance. He doesn't believe in, he doesn't trade support and resistance like that. Like we trade specific price. Um, and and once he caught on to that, I mean, <laughs> sky is the limit for Eli because he works. I think he works harder than I do. And 
I don't even want to even, he's more of a friend than he is a, a, a member of the group because, I mean, my wife knows him, my kids know him. He's just part of the family at this point. But um, it just, I'm proud of him. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Yeah, look, he's definitely do. He's definitely shown probably the most promise of any trader I've had on the show who has uh, has gone through this process of you know going on on a podcast and being interviewed and being tracked over time. Um, so, I mean, if you had to sort of sum it up for the guys, I mean, that are listening, what what do you think are Eli's core traits that have that have made him sort of see the light and turn the corner here? A lot like me, he's stubborn, <laughs> right? Like him and I are stubborn to the point to where you can't tell me I cannot do something because you telling me that I cannot do something is I'm going to do it, right? And I think that's that a lot of that he has a lot of that too. <clears throat> and then just we've had we've had killer conversations about him making the necessary changes in that's one of those things that not just Eli struggled with, but a lot of people in the group too, because again, I tell, I harp on him. Like you got to make the necessary changes. You have to make the necessary changes. And Eli will probably tell you a lot of our sessions. I sound like a broken record and uh, I can be extremely blunt with Eli and he doesn't take it hard. That's another thing that, that that's making him turn the corner is, is I, Eli can be his authentic self with me and I can be my authentic self with Eli. And, and with that, and with that, both Eli and myself, uh, grow. Right. Yeah. Um, his work ethic is ridiculous. Um, and that's another thing he has work ethic. He has drive and he's working for something bigger than trading, you know, um, because more so than Eli the trader, I care about Eli the person. And I think that kind of makes a difference between what you would call the student mentor relationship. Is like Eli's Eli's like my brother now. He's like well, younger brother, he's family. And I think him knowing that I'm not gonna BS him and he's not gonna BS me, because he'll come to me but like look, I blew an account. You know, and it's that openness. Right, that he's not ashamed of it because mm-hmm. that's that's where the growth comes out. And, and again, I, I'm 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 not going to sugarcoat anything for him, and he doesn't want me to sugarcoat anything for him. And it's that it's that raw and that willing to be vulnerable in your weak moments that define you. And he embraces that, and mm-hmm. I do too. So, yeah, that's what it is. I think I think that's what it is. Just stubborn. Uh, willing to make the changes and just being raw. Oh, look, I mean, he, he is it's, on the work ethic front. I mean, he, he was he was happy to do an interview with me at something like two thirty in the morning for him. Uh, so I don't I, like. I mean, he's younger than me. I like. I'm. I'm. T- I feel like I'm too old now to do the to be burning <laughs> the midnight oil that late. Um, and I don't know what he. I can't remember what he was doing if he had a, a job to go to in the morning or not. But he's definitely got the work ethic there. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, I think there's a lesson there for people listening in terms of stubbornness and sort of you know, if if you want to do something, just do it. I mean, uh, and the reason I say that, and it sort of rings true to to what's happening in my life at the moment. So my wife, who 
was diagnosed type 1 diabetic three years ago, um, just yesterday uh, became a yoga instructor. So a qualified yoga instructor, which I'm, you know, ecstatic about. And and this, you know, for her, it was sort of the mountain to try and climb because by her rights, you know, um, if you get diabetes, you know, 50, 60 years ago, there was no cure, right? So um this is this is a massive achievement so i think yeah the lesson here yeah. guys is you know you've got to you've got to go for those goals you've got to reach uh, reach for them if yeah. you've got a chance and you know too um my 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 wife's grandma my grandma she is in her 70s and 80s right and just that stubbornness she beat that she she doesn't no longer have diabetes just taking care of herself and that stubbornness to 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 do what it need what she needed to do and it, yeah, that's controversial, but it's freaking true. Wow. You know, so it, it, it's, it's one of those things where it goes to show you stubborn, you're not going to take no for an answer and you're going to seek the truth. Right. And that's, the, that's just what we do here. <laughs> cool. Well, look, uh, thanks <laughs> once again, Andre, for coming on the show and giving us a yeah, quick update. And it's you know, always a pleasure. Well, it, yeah, it is great. And look, um, well, I know we're going to hear more of you because we've got a Q and a session that you're going to be running in this episode and future episodes so um stay tuned guys we've got q a with andre and uh send your questions and if you got them keep that in mind send your questions and there will be a, a link in the on the website somewhere i'm going to actually probably put it up most places so you can get access to it or just send me an email with your question and andre will uh, answer it in a future episode so look once again thanks for the update on, on eli and look if we do get him on the show again we'll try and get you back on here to give a further update to just um to see how how things have panned out and look i gave him that yeah. option as to whether or not he wants to come on so let's see what he says yeah he won't fold under the pressure i know him pretty well so he'll be fine nice cool all right thanks andre Trading Nut Q&A time. We've got Andre Stewart from Chart Artist Trading here on the show to help answer your trading-related questions. So if you've got questions, guys, send them in, and Andre will answer them in future episodes. So today's question comes from Sylvester from Malaysia. So Sylvester asks... Oh, my God. He's in my group, I think. Is he? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he asks, how do you protect yourself from surprise events such as the 2015 Euro Swiss franc uh, that resulted in a 2,000 pip gap that, co- that caused so many accounts to go negative and they have to repay their broker because of that event? It may be, it may likely go. It's sorry, It may likely happen again, but if it happened, how do you protect yourself from that? Oh, that's easy. You can't. And well, let me explain. The reason I'm saying you can't is because you can't. Because understand that trading forex, we are speculators, right? Now even thinking about what people were calling quote unquote, the flash crash of this year where the yen pairs dropped, right? It wasn't even a flash crash. Um, all that did, all that did was put in the yearly low, right? Um, and if you're on the right side of price, you got to understand too, like when those sharp, harsh spikes in one direction happen, that is, uh, an indicator, right? That's an indicator that, one, your move is about to be over. The market's likely to start to to reverse, but you can't now because it's a lot like life, right? You control what you can you control what you can control. Um, 
And really, what you can control in trading is your risk, your risk parameters, right? So protecting yourself is you have to define your own risk parameters. Like me, like I know for 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 my own trading, my stop is no more than twelve pips. Those are my risk parameters because I'm wrong any in any time after that. And you have to also be able to define when you should and when you shouldn't be in the market. Like it's it's different from your actual job, right? Because when you're working, you're supposed to be working and busy on company time. But when you're trading, you're supposed to be waiting and waiting and waiting. And also spikes are predictable, especially where they're going to stop. Um, you just have to look at the charts without bias and understand what what key prices are. Because, again, I'll refer to, quote, unquote, the flash crash that happened this year. Um, it was simple. It hit a key price. It hit a key price. But, again, this may lead into another question, but just you got to transcend the retail mindset. You have to transcend it. Um, and you have to start looking at Forex and stocks and indexes as markets. Not as not as a technical analysis pool, because good luck with that. And I know that doesn't really answer his question because I'm literally telling you, well, you can't because you can't. Um, you can only control what you can control, and that's your risk, right? Uh, know when you're wrong, and accept it, move on. Yeah, so I think it's it's yeah, so that's. That, that's probably the best answer you can give. You can't control that. You, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things. And I suppose if if you're feeling like that's the case, then you might have to withdraw your capital at certain times, or or I don't know, trade with less capital. And I'm not too sure. I don't know the answer. I can't give you an answer on that. But I suppose the answer is you can't control it. So look, mm-hmm. Andre, thank you very much for that uh, answer. Yeah, we'll get you back on the show for more questions in the future. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Eli. So we will catch up with him again in a few months' time to see if he continue, can continue this good run of form. So, uh, Or maybe we won't. I think I, I gave him the option at the end of the show. So um, let's see what happens. But in the meantime, if you want to find out a bit more about what he's doing and have a look at his charts, then head over to uh, the YouTube channel or there's going to be a link in the show notes. Head over to Trading Nut. Find him. It's episode 35 in the interviews uh navigation at the top and uh, you can find that video there along with all the show notes as well Um, so right folks what else Uh, yes robot traders club if you want to give that a try the new format is up and running uh, and i will be sending an email out soon to all those gold members and robot traders club members to let them know um, the video to watch so that they can get the full details about the changes and uh, and then also if you want to build your own trading robots then there's the robot builders club coming up so very soon i'm almost ready to relaunch it Um, it's only a matter of days away surely it's days away um i'll let you know when all this happens now uh last but not least some fantastic episodes coming up on the show we have got a forex trader a futures trader and an options trader so guys coming up on the trading up podcast if i don't catch you on the airwaves soon maybe i'll catch you on the social media or in the email all right see you then bye